This morning we stand in honor of the reading of the Holy Gospel from Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What is that place for you? What is that place for you that you go back to and you you get all the feels? What's that place that you go to and you find rest? Like real rest. Is it out to the hills where there's those windy roads and room and fresh air? Is it to the camper out by the river? Is it the lake place that we escape to during the summer? What is that place for you that's just a place of rest? No matter where that place is, sometimes it's easy to forget that we also have a place in here a place of deep longing for God's presence inside of us. One place that I longed for often when I was in college was to go to the Twins games. Remember the Minnesota Twins? <laughs> they used to play in this, <clears throat> excuse me, they used to play in this inflatable roller rink called the Metrodome. And on college nights, it was $5 for a ticket to the upper general admission with dollar dome dogs. I longed to be in that place, just quiet, and you could just watch the game, people watch. It was a wonderful place to be, to just relax and rest. Rest sometimes feels like a gift, right? It's like row number three. Congratulations, you've won the prize. You can just rest. Relax. Rest is a gift and it can be joyful and it can make you laugh. Laugh. Remember when you laughed out loud? Remember when you laughed out loud? I'm already sad knowing that my daughters one day will come home and they will be self-conscious. They won't want to laugh out loud like they used to. They won't make up words and tell stories like they used to. They will long to be any place other than with us. They will long for other places. And we know that's going to happen. We know about that longing. But we long for a place of rest. Because when we long for that rest, that's when we see that God gives us freedom and alive and being awake and joyful. Longing, it drives us in so many places in our life. Think about it. 
We long to be in a relationship. We long to see someone. We long to be somewhere. We long to not worry about money. We long to worry about other things. When our mind is always spinning what we long for, how can we rest? How can we find rest? No wonder we buy things we don't need. No wonder we eat things we shouldn't. No wonder we date people we hope we can fix so we don't have to be alone. We long for people. We long for place. We long for things. Do we long for rest? Being a Christian means that we are followers of Jesus. That he makes an impression through his life, death, and resurrection. That his story makes an impression on our story. So we watch how Jesus welcomed people, and that's how we welcome people. We see how Jesus loved people, and so we do our best to love people like Jesus did. Except those really weird people. I don't want to love the weird people. (laughs) Do we ever think, though, how did Jesus rest? I mean, what if we could pray and read the words that Jesus would have read and prayed when he rested. Well, actually, it's available to us all the time. It's in the book of the Psalms. That's why I've been reading them this summer and reminding ourselves that these ancient words, these ancient prayers are the same things that Jesus would have touched on in his life, maybe to connect to that place of longing inside of him too. See, for early Jews, to be in God's presence was to actually be in a place It was a location. It was the temple in Jerusalem. And so no wonder the psalmist would have written, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, indeed it faints, for the courts of the Lord. The journey to Jerusalem, the journey to the temple, it was an experience. It wasn't just about the destination, but it was also about the walk to get there. To name that longing inside of you. And even as the psalmist was writing, he was imagining birds flying in and out of the temple. Kind of like the Metrodome. They'd fly in and out. (laughs) These birds. And there was no screen. There was no glass. And the psalmist would look up and see these birds and just, I want to be free like that. Friends, do you want to be free like that today? Because if we're honest, we all came into worship today with some sort of baggage, some sort of luggage that we dragged along behind us, some set of story, some bit of heartbreak, some struggle. And we all walked in today with that great joy and great fear and great everything. And as one of your pastors, one of the hardest things for me is that when I see you hurting or I hear you tell me stories of hurt in your life, And then you feel like church can be the last place that you can go with it. How did we get so messed up about this? Here's a couple examples of what I'm talking about. Your kid gets into an accident or to some trouble. Now it's like the place, the church, that's supposed to remind you the God who is rich in mercy and love, who loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses is a stranger, and the body of Christ, the community that says all are welcome and believes that all are welcome, are suddenly staring at you and are going to shame you right out of the sanctuary. Friends, do we believe that? Is that really what we believe? Or maybe you got a divorce 
And maybe even you caused it. And now you feel like the one who welcomes sinners and eats with them, that's Jesus, is going to leave you at the table for one while he dines with the model family with the bleached white teeth. Friends, where does that say that in the Bible? Or maybe you got caught up in a group text or sent a picture of yourself over social media. Maybe you bullied someone because, let's face it, some of the bullies are in this sanctuary and they don't even know it. And now the police have to get involved. They have to reset expectations, take away your phone so we don't hurt one another with our phones. And now you feel like everybody knows, everybody's staring at you. But friends, there is only one who knows you and your heart, who calls us good from the start of creation. (laughs) Funny, after creation, remember in Genesis chapter 2, Adam and Eve, they find this tree with these apples and they eat. (laughs) And then they feel ashamed. And then there comes God. The story actually says God's looking for them. Where are you guys? Where are you guys? Do you really think for a moment that God didn't know where Adam and Eve were in that garden? Never. Not even for a moment. It's like that game you play with children. Come find me. Come find me. Of course God knows where we are. So if there's been some brokenness in your life, some sort of heartbreak, is God going to lose you and abandon you? God asks, who told you you were naked? God asks, where did the shame come from in your life that takes away your freedom and your joy and your ability to laugh and just be and rest in God's presence? Isn't it exhausting to carry all that shame with you every day? Isn't it exhausting to worry and wonder, am I worth being loved? Am I worth to be cared for? Isn't it exhausting to never live up to being skinny enough, wealthy enough, having enough stuff, climbing the ladder fast enough? If you carried something in here today that is weighing around your neck like a truck, stop for a minute and listen. Jesus says, come to me. All you who are weary, and I will give you rest for your souls. Rest your arms from carrying all that shame, all that fear, that one mistake that keeps chewing you up and spitting you out because you've come to the right place. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. We no longer have to hide our shame when something in our life is not perfect. We no longer have to push people away because we think they're looking at us funny. We no longer have to keep our head down if we're running around the garden trying to hide from God because God is running to us in Jesus and says, as far as the east is from the west, that is how far I have taken your sin from you. That promise, though, is so offensive to our sin accounting, right? This is all the bad stuff I did. This is all the bad stuff they've done to me, and I'm going to remember it for a long time, that we just throw this promise back in God's face. A few more hours in the punch, a few more hours. We're going to hit the treadmill a little bit longer, 20 more minutes in front of the mirror. I mean, we refuse to rest in God's house as opposed to letting God call us 
by our true name, sons and daughters of God. We can often feel like something in our lives has disqualified us from God's love, like we would be better on the road, like we've been permanently assigned to the kids' table. The kids' table, you know. We always joke, I'd rather sit at the kids' table. It's way more fun. We laugh way more. But friends, you know it, and I do, that we long to sit at the table with the adults. We long to hear their stories. What are they laughing about? Where is that joy and those jokes coming from? We long, but we don't feel like we belong at that table. Does this church, and I'm asking about Bethlehem, believe in a God who says, you screwed up, so you lose your chair? Do we seek to tie you up with a long set of rules or readings from the Bible that seek to tame the grace of God? Say no. No, actually, I'm asking you. Say no. <laughs> That's not what we're about at this church. We may not feel like we're welcome at the Lord's table, but let me remind you that it is the Lord's table, not ours. <laughs> and the early Lutherans, they had something to say about this too. For Christians who are weak in faith, troubled and terrified because of the greatness and numbers of their sins, they feel like they're not worthy of this precious, sacred feast? Well, guess what? If you feel that way and you want a more joyful faith and a more pure obedience, they are truly the guests who are worthy at this table. If we don't slow down enough to eat throughout the day, we get hangry. Anybody get hangry? <laughs> we get hangry. We get wore down. We get discouraged. We forget who we are. And our restlessness is connected to our need for our rest. We need our rest so we can be filled with God's promises and the benefits of Christ that we receive at the table. This is the body of Christ given. This is the blood of Christ shed. We need to be filled with that promise. So if you're longing for a fresh start today, Come and dine. If you are carrying something that you are sick and tired of carrying, come to me, Jesus says, all who are weary, and I will give you rest for your souls. Rest in God's promises. Rest in God's promises. Rest in God's promises. Thanks be to God. Amen.